0: Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 15. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. And we're a couple getting to know each other better by exposing each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our pasts. Each week, one of us picks a movie the other hasn't seen, we watch it together, and then we dissect it here. Ooh, dissect.
1: (laughs) It's a good podcast. So
0: before we get started, um, a, a little bit of housekeeping. If you like the show, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Um, consider leaving us a quick review or a star rating on iTunes. Um, it will help other people find us. Uh, follow us on Facebook. And if you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at shutupwatchthis@gmail.com Oh, my God, folks. One time.
1: Yeah.
0: Not good. three times. We got that. Okay. Um, this week, what did you choose? It was your turn to choose a movie. I
1: chose The Jerk. The Jerk. <laughs> is about Navin Johnson, uh, played by Steve Martin, who is the adopted son of a black family from Alabama, I believe. Um, And sort of this um, epic journey he goes on where he leaves home and uh, he goes and finds work and finds love and finds success and then finds ultimate failure and then ultimately ends up back um, where he started, um, but happy. Uh, So it's um, actually it's a very important movie for me, which is a weird thing to say, Um, but it is so... I'm going to temper
0: some of my comments now.
1: (laughs) It is so tied to my dad and uh, his sense of humor and um, things that he shared with me um, throughout, you know, his life. And um, Steve Martin was just this... I think he was always sort of an inspiration to my dad because they were Mm -hmm. sort of into the same sort of world. Um, Steve Martin wrote for the Smothers Brothers back in the 70s. I don't
0: think I knew that. Yeah.
1: So he, well, I've read, I've read Steve Martin's I only knew of him as
0: um, coming up on Saturday Night Live was yeah. where he really made it big.
1: Um, so he um, started out, he was from LA, who worked at Disneyland, worked at Knott's Berry's Farm, came up and started working in sketch comedy and wrote for the Smothers Brothers. Um, and he was also involved in that sort of folk music scene. He always played banjo in his acts and stuff like that, too. So um, And
0: ukulele, I think, yeah, in the movie, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah,
1: and ukulele in the movie. So um, um, And, you know, of course, he did stand-up before he moved to movies. And, like, he started out, you know, it's kind of a prop-based um, comedy, you know, that um, he's one of the most influential stand-up comedians, but he hasn't done stand-up comedy since, like, the mid-'70s or no, something like that. now he writes
0: novels and, and and pieces for The New Yorker.
1: Yeah, and he has uh, bluegrass uh, albums that come out, too. I didn't so, know yeah, that. So. I, I didn't know about <laughs> the bluegrass
0: connection at all.
1: Um. So, yeah, he... This... I mean, like, I grew up and my dad, like, quoted parts of this movie which i think ultimately came some of it came from steve martin's stand-up that my dad had seen before like throughout my life there were like family jokes that there, I were, did,
0: there was at least one phrase yeah. in the movie that you didn't realize came from the jerk that became like something you guys said all the time well
1: it's stuff that i still say all the time you know like um we'll, we'll get to it when we talk about our favorite um uh Pieces. What was it? It was something
0: about, it's a something deal or... A something. It's a
1: for-profit deal, a yeah. A for-profit so deal, that's, yeah. Okay. Um,
0: so walk me back to, do you like actually remember the first time you saw this and did you see it with your dad or was it something that was like kind of legendary around the house and that he quoted a lot? Did you see it with him for the first time?
1: Oddly, I did not. So the first time I remember seeing it, and I think that you know my parents were pretty good about... Um, making sure that we saw age appropriate things. And so there's some things on this that, you know, it it wouldn't be bad for kids to see, but there's a lot that kids wouldn't understand. Um, There's some sexual stuff in it that I think my parents were uncomfortable with us watching. So I didn't see it till. Well,
0: it was rated R. Yeah. I didn't see it at all.
1: Oddly. So we were visiting some friends in Dripping Springs, um, which is South of Austin. Um, And um, my parents went out to a bluegrass show with their friends that we were visiting, and we stayed home with their two teenage adult daughters. And we watched Coal Miner's Daughter, which I showed you. We're
0: going to hit all of these movies on the podcast on this
1: on this day. And then you know we came back and we told my dad we watched the jerk, and he was so excited. Um, I'm pretty sure we've watched it to we watched it together since then. But like there were so many jokes that came out that 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 he used his whole life that came out of that, that I just, uh, I wonder how yeah. many
0: of the movies we choose on this show. It's happened a few times happen because of our connection to watching them with our parents or yeah. them being something important to our, to somebody in our family. Cause it's come up a few times now. Well,
1: the, um, the one about the small town and local hero, local hero um, yeah. and the
0: prisoner was, was from my parents originally too. Yeah. Not as heartwarming though.
1: That's true. <laughs> but, um, I, I've always adored Steve Martin. Um, I've, I was just looking at his filmography. I've pretty much seen nearly everything he's ever been in. I mean, even cheaper by the dozen. So, oh, I haven't I, seen cheaper I by the dozen too. I can't but, you claim know. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I, I don't know. Is this a case where I have to justify why I've never seen this? I mean, I mean, I've, I, I just, you know, when it came out, seventy nine, I was too young for it. I would have been eight years yeah. old. It was rated R. It was. I'm. I was. I don't even, I was probably familiar with him as a Saturday Night Live comedian and maybe had seen little bits and pieces here and there. And then, you know, that's around 10, 11 when you start having sleepovers and watch, staying yeah. up to watch Saturday Night Live. And then by then he's not on it anymore.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but I kind of was familiar with his, his, his sensibility and his shtick. And he had, um, he had his King Tut song. That was probably the thing I was most familiar with yeah. for a while in the late 70s, which was like probably a top 40 hit. Yeah, uh, I think
1: it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: But I never went back and saw the jerk, and I know like there's so much of it is iconic, yeah, I knew the um I was raised the uh, the son of a whatever it is the line about a, um, I'm sorry, everyone I'm mangling that yeah, I was raised a poor black child, or yeah, whatever.
1: something like that um. No that's interesting um, it is really iconic and like the
0: poster image yeah. has him with all of the the chair and everything you know yeah. i don't need anything from you
1: which actually came from his stand up as well i was just reading i just read that so, yeah. yeah, we read the same uh, wikipedia, <laughs> the article wikipedia article 5
0: minutes ago well
1: i mean it is iconic and it's even referenced in a show that we like a whole lot which is freaks and geeks they talk, about, um, yeah, the they talk about yeah I guess the geeks talk about yeah well so one is Sam is always talking about the can scene he hates these cans the guy who's trying to shoot it I
0: went over my head because yeah. I didn't know the reference yes. I had never seen that scene before So
1: well, and there's a competition between the geeks and that you know where uh, Bill likes Caddyshack <laughs> and Sam likes uh, the jerk and I'm very much in the don't, jerk camp
0: don't ever make me watch Caddyshack <laughs> I will never make on you this watch on this podcast Caddyshack. <laughs> okay that's one I've also never seen
1: but it's also the on fir- purpose it's the first movie he takes cindy to he takes her to see oh. the jerk and she just does not get it she's okay. like not there we shouldn't with go him. too deep into freaks yeah, and geeks yeah, here, but, but. <laughs> i just think that's interesting like that's how you discover how you're compatible with people i guess is you show them things that you love and i think that's the, the whole
0: point of our podcast yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah anyway so <laughs>
0: so there are so many good things about this movie it First of all, if you want to go back to like what kind of a character this is and what kind of a movie it is, it seems to come out of that. There's this kind of tradition of like the simple, lovable idiot kind of yeah. character. And I don't think, for instance, that... I mean, you could go all the way back to like Chaplin and the Tramp and he's not as dumb, but he yeah. also seems to operate differently and experience the world in a way that's a little off kilter. Yeah, know, that kind of silent comedy thing. And certainly some of the like silent comedy or the... Um, slapstick kind of element or or sight gags ends up as part of what's going on here. But then there's also stuff like... Um, I wonder if... I've never really seen much or or wanted to see much of, like, Jerry Lewis, but I mm. feel it probably kind of comes out of that sort of an idiot character, too.
1: He's not as Knocking, irritating as Jerry yeah, Lewis. Yeah, but see,
0: what Jerry Lewis didn't have was the pathos yeah, that I think that Steve Martin has. Mm. Because there's, like... No matter how much this movie kind of goes into rude and crude every once in yeah. a while, you know, I mean, it's there's a kind of an edge to some yeah. of that humor, and it's a, you know, it's a little lewd and rude and crude sometimes. Um, there's something there's something about what Steve Martin brings, like his personality, his sweetness, yeah,
1: very his very naivete
0: much. is like really believable, mm-hmm. even when you are actually consciously aware of the voice he's putting on you know when he's sitting there as a homeless man like the frame story in the beginning saying like (laughs) i was born you know you're like okay are you gonna talk in that i was like worried he was gonna talk in that voice the whole time but he doesn't um and then like after this you probably get stuff like dumb and dumber which i have never seen but there's this kind of like lovable idiot character. I
1: don't think. He's oh, and in this Dumb. came out around he's not this. Not in Dumb and Dumber.
0: No, he's not in it. Oh, okay. That those are idiot characters. A- okay. The jerk. They're yeah. jerks. I'm just saying this is kind of like a trope I or a type like, of character. I don't like Dumb and Dumber. Very much. I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I don't intend to see Dumb yeah. and Dumber.
1: <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. You're about saying I'm, about I'm just about that. talking about that. like this kind the, of a comedy. Lovable, this lovable, kind of a character. Idiot kind of character. Yeah. And. That's, that's, I think it's very winning. He has this sort of childlike reaction to the world. He's excited that his name is in the phone book and he's, you know, he's so unexperienced with things in the world, you know, nobody taught him. Childlike really nails it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it starts out in the very, you know, first scene where he, you know, um, He gets emotional during his birthday and his mom finally comes in and tells him that he's been adopted because he just is completely, you know, oblivious. He has no idea
0: that he's white and they're black.
1: Yeah. Well, he makes the line. So I'm going to stay this way is what he says. Um, But I just I just I I love his relationship with the family, like the, you know, loving mother and the sort of, you know, wise you know, a little bit put out with Steve Martin's uh, or with Navin's, um sort of innocence, mm-hmm. dad, and then the wisecracking uncle, and like, you know, it's it's just a it it feels like a a good you know place to come from, and then you know they sort of send him out into the world. Um, he goes off to make yeah, his fortune. Yeah, I does. mean, this is
0: a you know coming of age, and go, you know that that <laughs> like it's time to leave the nest.
1: Yes. Well, I love the scene, and I just think it's so beautifully subtle, is that they, you, they zoom in, the opening scene is, well, once he starts telling the story, um, him dancing on the porch with his family, they're playing music and singing, and he has no rhythm, he cannot... Um, so, and I'm impressed with his acting ability because it's, it's hard to act to, like you don't have rhythm <laughs> when you actually do have rhythm. Your body rhythm. actually wants to snap in time to
0: the beat so that you he
1: It's really hard to do that. But then, um, so that's like, but it's a really subtle joke. You would have to notice that. I mean, he tries to make it obvious, but it's not like nobody comments on it or points it out or anything. It's just something that happens. And then um, he's listening to radio in the middle of the night and he hears some sort of like very like you know like it's <laughs> like I, big, I band know, big band on, jazz or something like, something yeah.
0: very like mellow
1: yeah and like he finally he gets it he gets the rhythm and like that's i mean like that's just
0: he wakes up the whole family in the middle of yeah, the night look, because I can dance. he can tap his yeah. foot and snap in time to one song. To one song. Finally.
1: Finally. Yeah. So it's, it was a, a big deal. But I think that that's like, I mean, it's not subtle. Nothing in this movie is subtle, but they didn't have to over-explain that. And I really yeah. liked that, that that was just sort of like, oh, he, <clears throat> you know, and, and like nobody is fazed by this because they, you know, <laughs> they're like, whatever, it's just Steve Martin being, or Naven being weird. Um <laughs> <laughs> so
0: this movie is really episodic it's very short right mm-hmm. i mean it's is it even 90 minutes or it's just about it's 90 just about minutes 90, or something I like guess. that and so most of what you get are these sort of like sections or episodes, episodes. along the way of him you know right making his fortune yeah and you have like his first job at the gas station mm-hmm. you have the motel with shithead the dog
1: yes <laughs> who's <laughs> not lassie <laughs> yeah. he's not yeah <laughs> Don't believe that dog <laughs> when it tells you there's a fire. The gags with the joke uh, with the dog are pretty funny. You know, he's not the faithful dog that uh, is always by his side. He yeah. seems to be as soon as the food dries up, he's gone.
0: <laughs> but you have the whole—you have his first job, yeah. right? His first job in the real world, his first paycheck. What is he sending back? Like a ninety-eight cents to his parents yeah, and stuff he like sends that. Him
1: like, yeah, fifty cents or something like that.
0: And you have you have to have this section because uh, you've got the crazy madman who's who's shooting at him, and you have that's going to come back later. And you have the 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 business guy who with the glasses that are always falling off, and yeah. Steve Martin has to make the gadget that ends up being the thing that is patented that ends yeah. up making a millionaire later on. Um,
1: it's it's kind of beautiful how everything every little thing in there the, gets called back. Like nothing gets unresolved. I think is interesting in that.
0: Well, and this comes out of his expertise as a as a comedian, yeah. right? Telling a joke, yeah. right? That, that things come back, call back and they and they spin and develop. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, I mean, like, even the thing where at some point, at, just as a joke, he he promises his boss he'll send him a postcard if he ever goes out somewhere else or something like that. And then, like, there's a flashback later where Steve Martin has sent him, after he's rich, he sent his <laughs> boss, his old boss, a <laughs> postcard. Yeah. He was like, I guess some people have integrity. You know, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so,
0: eventually, he makes it to the county fair, right? Mm. He has that weird... He's running
1: away from the guy who was shooting at him, and yeah. he ends up... In a uh,
0: carnival. Yeah. He ends up in the carnival and involved with the uh, motorcycle woman.
1: Yes. Who, who makes him...
0: Who teaches him about his special purpose. His
1: special purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually one of my mom's favorite jokes. She would make that joke all the time. So. <laughs> uh,
0: if you haven't seen that, yeah. the special purpose is a euphemism that his uh, uh, yeah. family his, told his him family about. His family
1: told him that one day... One he day was, he would learn what his special his,
0: purpose was. Was for. And yeah. he... You, yes well you, and
1: then he writes a funny letter back home about how he finally how he figured, figured out. Fi- finally figured out what his special purpose yeah. is <laughs> uh that's a little. so he loses his virginity <laughs> yeah
0: he learns about his special purpose um
1: yeah <laughs> and he meets marie and bernadette you, peters we haven't you,
0: talked about her at all
1: She's amazing. I, that's the first movie I've ever seen and her in.
0: They ended up working together a couple of times, right? Yeah. Did they do things like Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid? Where they was she in that? Or, I think or, so. Or, I, I, know, I thought they worked together on two I'm, or three films. I mostly but
1: remember her from um, the um, Mel. Uh, not what's his name? Mel Brooks stuff. Is she not in? I that?
0: don't know her from Mel Brooks stuff.
1: Maybe she's not in Mel Brooks. Stuff. I don't know. Maybe I confused her with someone else. <laughs>
0: No I know her, I I'm, I'm aware yeah. of her, but I actually don't feel like I've seen her in very many no, films at all. It doesn't
1: seem like she's in very many things. Yeah,
0: Um
1: but she's really good in this. They're you know. very
0: sweet together. Yeah, they are. So one of my <laughs> one of my favorite things. I, I told Ashley <laughs> to write down a couple like what are your favorite bits. One of my favorite bits is is their um their romantic song Together on the mm-hmm. Beach where they're singing together.
1: I love that song. I think it's beautiful.
0: And all of a sudden, you 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 hear the trumpet music, yeah. and the camera reveals that she suddenly is playing the trumpet on yeah. the on the beach to accompany the 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 impromptu song that they're singing. That's kind of an airplane sort yeah. of joke, you know, it is. like a. And that's around the same time, so yeah, that's is. that's like that was a thing all yeah. of a sudden. That like quick stupid visual sight gag. Mm. This movie does that stuff well. Well, too.
1: and then after she finishes playing, he has that great line about how he wishes he could while she was playing, he wished he could travel up the trumpet and, uh, and, and be on her lips. And she asked, why wouldn't you? And he says, because I didn't want to get spit on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so one of, one of the brilliant things about The Jerk is that, is that literal-minded yeah. sort of <laughs> sensibility because a lot of the humor comes out of that. Yeah, and I'm just not getting yeah. the way the world works
1: um I was, I was, or not understanding that well, if we speech want to talk about my favorite bits uh, there are a lot of them so we already mentioned one of my favorite bits and this is the bit that i i've been saying my whole life because it came from my dad um but it's the he's a weight guesser at the carnival
0: oh yeah and
1: the guy comes up to him and says what do i win and um and Steve Martin says, you win anything, you know, below this shelf and above this shelf between the kazoo and the wallet, you know, anything to the left of the finger. yeah, But not the stereo on the but shelf not not right the, above yeah, it. But <laughs> below the stereo. Um, and, um, you know, he guesses and he guesses wrong. So he gives away two little finger traps or something like that. And then Steve Martin's like, I guess I'm just not very good at this. And his (laughs) boss comes over and he was like, "Uh, How how much have you taken in? And he's like, $15. And he was like, how much have you given away? And he was like, I gave away three finger traps or something like that. And your boss, my, his boss was like, you gave away 50 cents worth of merchandise. And we made
0: 15 bucks or well, you we know, made 1450 exactly. or whatever.
1: And, and Steve Martin goes, ah, it's a profit deal. It's a for profit deal. <laughs> it's a for profit deal. deal. So my dad used to say that all the time. Um, but I love that bit. Um, I love the bit at the end where he's um, leaving after he's had a I fight wrote that with Marie. down, too. I said, you know, let's write down our three yeah. favorite bits.
0: And um, that's that was one of mine, too, was the, I don't need anything Thanks. from you. When he's parting yeah. from Bernadette Peters. Marie, and, yeah, Yeah, Marie, and like leaving leaving the house now destitute because they've <laughs> yeah. lost everything in the lawsuits over yeah. the optigrab glasses yes. gadget because it's made everybody, including director Carl Reiner, yeah, who appears as director cross-eyed. Carl Reiner, completely so really cross-eyed. Good cross-eye, it yeah. made ten million people cross-eyed, <laughs> yes. which of course means he loses his his fortune to a class action lawsuit where he has to pay uh, checks where he's writing <laughs> checks for a dollar and fourteen cents, nine or whatever, cents, a dollar and nine <laughs> One cents, two, and ten, nine mil- ten million <laughs> checks he has to write for. <laughs> So anyway, and of course, uh, he he leaves the house penniless and they're b- parting again and breaking up and uh, I don't need anything from yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Except
1: except this except- paddle game. And, and this chair, <laughs> I don't. Need, and then
0: he lists them, yeah. right? Because that's it's like, all I need. It's like the house that Jack built, yeah. where it's still the same list, but it yeah. grows yeah. Uh, as he's picking up. and this chair, I don't need anything from you, but the
1: paddle game
0: and the chair and this whatever.
1: Yeah. And that's all I and need. And that's,
0: of course, you know, the image you see on the movie poster with him shambling, or yeah. you know, with the carrying the chair. Well, and, and they all have, the have stuff that nice the...
1: long shot where the camera doesn't move, but Steve yeah. Martin is slowly moving out of the frame. Uh, with more stuff. <laughs> another
0: iconic shot that just popped into my yeah. head is is a very weird one, but him running out of the house totally naked, holding dogs in front of oh, his yeah, private parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When when Marie leaves him, so that's another. That one actually is another one of my favorite scenes. Is when he's singing the thermos song in the bathtub. Oh, the to thermos her. song! Yeah. I totally forgot about the thermos <laughs> She's leaving. Song. She's writing a letter to leave him he's financially. Insecure. She mentions the
0: thermos song later. Yeah. Because that com- that comes yeah. back again too. Well,
1: he gets a thermos. That's yeah. He trades all the stuff he had for a thermos yeah. for Marie. So. The movie
0: opens with him holding the thermos, yeah. which is like <laughs> sort of the cue for him to recall. Yeah. The, the, so, uh, so actually, now going over it in my mind, I'm seeing having only seen yeah. it once, I'm seeing all the callbacks and how things are set up and paid off later. Do you know what you know what gag I cherished? beyond everything. I
1: do,
0: yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so representative of the of the genius of Steve Martin's humor to be able to have the confidence to commit to a long gag. Yeah. To a long gag that's about um that that is the same joke over yeah. and over and over and over and over. And I had to jot down because but it's the one about like I know we've only known each other four weeks and three days. But to me, it seems like nine weeks and five days. The first day seemed like a week. And it goes on, on and, and on, on and for what, three or four three, minutes? Or four minutes, yeah. And it's one of those jokes where at some point, a minute in, you have you feel this disbelief that it's still yeah. going on. <laughs> And so laugh, you, you, you stop laughing and, yeah. and then it goes on and it develops and it takes another right turn yeah. and it's still funny. And then by the end, you're like in hysteria, like you're still laughing that someone would have the balls to just commit to yeah. a, a, a joke with a single premise mm-hmm. that you can just stretch like a piece of chewing gum, just stretch, 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 yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Well, and I think, I mean, the other side of that is I just think it's such a accurate depiction of like when you first fall in love with someone and you're so excited to be with them and you can barely sleep for all the, you know, for all the excitement to be with them all the time. And, you know, you end up talking and and saying things and talking nonsense to them for, you know... And, you know, and staying up night and, you know, while they're supposedly asleep and you're just, you just are over the moon on top, you know, so it's a joke, but it's also a very, like, real kind of understandable It comes out of feeling. a real experience. Yeah, where, where you're just so excited to be with, with with that person that that is the right person, <laughs> you know.
0: So there's some problematic things about this movie. Yes, there are. And I feel like we have to confront some of this stuff. The racial stereotypes are hard for me to watch.
1: interestingly, so when I, in my mind, because I hadn't seen this in 10 years or so, I remembered them being a lot harsher than they actually Mm -hmm. ended up being. I think that overall, it's a lot more um, positive and forward-thinking than one might expect for a movie made in uh, 1979. I think you have to walk me
0: through that a little bit because I'm not there yet. Well, I mean, so the,
1: so the family, I mean...
0: I like what you said yeah. earlier about how loving the family is yeah. and how they are genuinely, you yeah.
1: know,
0: important, like wonderful <laughs> role models and a perfect family and a base for the yeah. story to start and for him to develop.
1: I, the family has never made a joke, I don't think. I mean there's it's the premise is the joke.
0: I guess the premise is the joke.
1: Yeah. But it's I, I think they're walking I, they're walking over the shack you know,
0: and the dancing on the porch in the final scene yeah, I is guess, really yeah, I guess so. hard.
1: <laughs> I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but well, I also I mean see and what if you want to get off in, into, you know, other parts of that is that, you know, they didn't warn Steve Martin a lot about the world because as a white man he wouldn't have to you know, worry about the same sorts of things that a black son would have to deal with out in the world. And, you know, it's sort of a, yeah. you know, his privilege as a white man allowed him to have this, you know, <laughs> this this tremendous success story, you know, and then they were there to to help pick up the pieces yeah. after he, you know, blew it all. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah. I
0: mean, what we're starting with is yeah. Steve Martin and Carl Reiner and the screenwriters yeah. presenting this as it's true. the black yeah. family that he yeah. came from. So just in its very premise, yeah. like you say.
1: it's Well, that's the joke. It's the, yeah, you know, which is difficult. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's difficult.
1: But I, in my memory, it was a harsher thing than it ended up. Like watching it again, I think they dealt with it as much, with as much actually more sensitivity than I would have expected from 1979. You know,
0: that's funny because we get into this whole area (laughs) of like we have to we have to experience this with the knowledge of this was acceptable in 1979, which is
1: well and difficult. It does lean on those stereotypes at the time of a black Southern family, which is you know not good. No, (laughs) it's not good at all. You know,
0: so one of the things that popped into my mind when I was making notes about yeah. how this was problematic was I suddenly got the image of Mickey Rooney as the Japanese yeah, um, and Breakfast landlord in Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. which is so terrible and yeah. so cringe-inducing. Is
1: that from seventy? No, it's in the 60s. It's late 60s? I can't remember exactly yeah. the
0: year. Mid to late 60s or 66 or something. Um, that It's hard to actually enjoy that movie at all Mm. knowing that (laughs) now knowing that he's going to pop up you know every whatever 20 minutes or or so and
1: uh, the movie that i showed which i i love i grew up watching the ugly dachshund um which has this terrible asian stereotype in it it's pretty it's pretty awful
0: so the jerk plays differently than the Mickey Rooney thing and I but I don't know it it, it was it, it was another it was the only thing I could reach for that was like a, a similar thing like I'm, I can't put myself in the mindset of a viewer in the 60s going ah this is funny you know what I mean yeah yeah but,
1: yeah it's I can
0: so we encounter these well, things no. nowadays when we go back and to I movies. was hesitant yeah. to show
1: it because of that very thing you know but there's there's so much good and I, I do think that the family is lovingly portrayed, you know, but I do see the problematic you know, it is pretty problematic when you when you with when they lean into stereotypes mm. like that, you know. And there's no excuse for that, you yeah. know. <laughs> oh,
0: you know what else played differently now? Hmm. The gunman. Yeah. We're watching a comic set piece yeah. about a basically a Charles Whitman like insane like sniper
1: mm-hmm. played by
0: Emmett, M. Emmett Walsh, who's a mm-hmm. great character actor. And yeah. But and it's funny. Yeah. But it's also distancing to yeah. see it now in the in the age of shootings.
1: Yeah. It is.
0: And random shootings and, and stuff like that.
1: Well, I mean, so I mean, I yeah. don't want to
0: take the jerk too seriously, but you know, you when if I'm seeing this movie for the first time now, I I'm, I don't experience like it would yeah. like it would have been <laughs> experienced back then. I'm seeing it through the eyes of everything that we yeah. know and who we are as people now. Yeah. And um, so somehow the, the, the magic <laughs> of Steve Martin and the comic timing and the writing makes that seem funny despite yeah. being uncomfortable because of its subject matter yeah the, sh- the shooting of the the gas of the oil cans is f- mm. it's funny <laughs>
1: yeah it is funny <laughs>
0: because he thinks he's because of this again the sweetness and this, the naivete of the character is that nobody would ever be shooting at him obviously this guy hates oil cans, oil cans and he needs yeah. to stay away from the oil cans oh no more oil cans cause yeah <laughs> so i don't, I don't know
1: well th- that's interesting cuz that character does come back as a serv- as a process server <laughs> Later in the movie, yeah, yeah, he's the one who finds Steve yeah, Martin. He was to going give him through a, a hard time, yeah, he yeah. was going through, a, yeah, which and, I mean... Well, and
0: and we, still, we see the setup to it, yeah. we see a glimpse of him before the shooting starts, where he's a nut in a room like going through the phone book because now Steve Martin's name is in print. For yes, he's in the phone book, he's so excited that he's in the phone book. But being in the phone book means that a random uh sniper can go through the phone book and choose his next random yeah. victim by name and then go. You know, park outside the gas station across the road and try to,
1: yeah, tick this
0: guy off.
1: Well, and since we're hitting all these, um, I'm vaguely bothered by the portrayal of the motorcycle woman in the, in the, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, well, and her versus Marie, so it's like the, um, hard ass woman who is out there to, you Know
0: they are the only two women in the movie, yeah,
1: and, and other than his mother, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, versus Marie, who's this pretty feminine, you know, and this how you know one he is acceptable to have sex with and the other one is acceptable to love is very right, yeah. problematic as well.
0: Well. <laughs> In the end, this movie is offered up to us less as a treatise about men and women yeah. <laughs> uh, and societal issues and more as a, like we started off talking about yeah. it as a series of episodes, to showcase Steve Martin.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, well, you, we, we read we just started, now about
0: how he developed the film yeah. by, you know, scribbling down notes of ideas for gags and, and things yeah. that they could string out, you know. And so, well, this is what you get. It's
1: a It's a fine line to walk because with comedy, like, comedy... in in a lot of cases is based on taking what, you know, what is seen in society and twisting it or making it Mm -hmm. more hyperbolic than it actually is in order to make a point. And so in doing that, you do sort of play on those stereotypes and those um, things, which, you know, and there's lots of argument in the comedy community about, like, you know, when are you taking it too far? Mm -hmm. Um, When is it when does it stop being funny and start being offensive and that sort of thing and that kind of line and it's so it's so relative to the individual who's actually observing it too you know cuz cuz you know some people you know m- might be really offended by the the motorcycle woman and her yeah and and you know other people would be fine with it you know that's just kind of how comedy w- works but Um, Yeah, that figuring out when the line is crossed is is often difficult in in comedy. Well, You know it when you see it, like pornography. Okay, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, Steve Martin is trying to cross the line. Yeah, yeah. And
0: what's brilliant is the ability to cross the line and push buttons Mm -hmm. while also coming back to this, like, sweetness. Yeah. And this genuine, this character that actually you really like and like you, you
1: well it's interesting going back because I didn't you want
0: to protect him yeah you know I didn't
1: remember how sweet how sweet the whole movie is it's a, it's a very yeah. loving I was expe- I have
0: to say I was expecting something more cynical yeah, yeah. I was expecting something cynical and rude and, and crass and kind of a lot more in your yeah. face without any of that the heart that it has and then and then it takes me back to Chaplin again it has that kind of heart of the little tramp, yeah. you know?
1: Well, and you know, to bring it back to, um, Freaks and Geeks, cause I think that, um, um, what's it? Judd Apatow and the, the director, the other one, um, I can't think, uh, Bridesmaids director. Anyway, they work together on Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And they have that same sort of thing where they're able to make things funny and even a little bit crass and rude, but Mm -hmm. it still goes back to the heart of these characters that are experiencing the world. And um, there's a a genuine sweetness and it comes back to human emotion and empathy and feeling and um, caring about each other that's, you know, more than, you know, just a bunch of drunk guys in a frat house, Uh you know making fun of geeks or whatever i'm sorry i just i just paraphrased all the movies all the comedy movies of the early 80s i guess (laughs) where everything got hard and 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 sexist and and dehumanizing and all of that you know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't know what i was in for in this movie so i was very surprised at what i got which was mostly a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even more so because I didn't realize how much it connected you to memories of your dad and in jokes that you all had as a family and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it's I it's the I mean like the that's all I need was frequently something that would just come up, you know, like when we're leaving the house or you know like, just
0: <laughs> your car keys right, you
1: know you come back yeah. in and you're looking for something, mm-hmm. and, and my car keys and my purse that's all I need, you know, or you know it just that that sort of thing was um, my dad would talk to the dogs about like like Steve Martin would talk to Shithead, and you know <laughs> <laughs> it, it just um it just and you know i just steve martin which is one of the reasons probably why i've seen so much of steve martin is just i i don't know if my dad imitated him or they just had a similar enough style and sense of humor uh-huh. but like everything steve martin did it it had an echo of something about my my dad in in him i don't know and
0: well we both grew up it sounds like with dads who loved wordplay and Mm. and had a streak of silliness and i mean i very much have that from my dad too i can't think of a similar movie like on the spot that that symbolizes that connection or anything but i think it's one of the things that brought us together too
1: yeah is that
0: same kind of sensibility yeah we like the same kind of silliness
1: and yeah it it really is um it's true
0: (laughs) Um, do you have any final thoughts? We're kind of getting here at time.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting since we're talking about Steve Martin, you also have not seen Parenthood, which is another movie that I grew up no, watching. I've seen the, the television
0: show Parenthood. I never saw the original. So film. I don't know
1: if, I don't know if it's too soon to do Parenthood as my next pick, but that's one that we will need to do we at can some work it point. In. Yeah. Um, just because shut
0: up and watch Steve Martin movies. Is that yeah, new sure. podcast? <laughs>
1: just Steve Martin movies? Um, But I've been wanting to watch that one for a while. Or Father the Bride, which I love as well. Um, Although it has Martin Short in it. Uh, Whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, some movies can can reach beyond the Martin Short factor. Yeah. I think. Um, uh, Last thought for me is that I didn't know it was directed by Carl Reiner until his title card came up. And whereas he may not be the greatest film director in the world, but he can do this this kind of humor yeah. in his sleep. And I adore the Dick Van Dyke show, mm. the television show Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, which he was the writer creator. It was based on his life as a as a comedy writer in the fifties and sixties for your show of shows. Um, so I don't know. I was happy for that connection cause I adore Carl Reiner yeah. and I, I actually wasn't, I knew that he directed a few films. I didn't know this was one of them. I think he's a good match for Steve Martin. Unfortunately, I think it's like
1: four films together. I
0: think some of the deficiencies also might come out of the fact that it's that kind of television sensibility. I mean, it's yeah. it has that kind of sort of flat. <laughs> Television sitcom. It's not
1: very cinematic. It plays kind of sitcom
0: like. <laughs> Oddly, it plays the most sitcom like for me when Carl Reiner is suddenly in the movie. Yeah, yeah. He used to appear on Dick Van Dyke's show as the as the um, the guy they were writing the yeah. show for. Um, and to me, in general, the last section of the movie, what a, the kind of the act where he becomes super rich and all of that that entails and like that's where i felt like story-wise i was kind of mm, i wasn't as interested in life as the rich person and going down the tubes and all that but it doesn't last that long it's what 15 minutes of screen time but it's kind of where the movie started to feel a little bit like it's yeah i can feel it chugging to where we need to get to go to
1: there's not much, but it's not mu- as funny or heartwarming
0: yeah. to me when he becomes a millionaire, like and the excesses that yeah. that you know the things he wants to buy and the way his house looks and the way they live. It wasn't that funny to me. It no. doesn't. It didn't have the character at the center of it in yeah. the same way. It was more about the gag, the jokes, the fun they're poking at the rich, at the rich people. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although um, the cat juggling scene is pretty funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Should I show Callie the cat, the juggling, cat juggling scene? scene yeah. Just as a warning, we yeah. have a terrible cat. We love to hate Callie. Um, we don't anyway, juggle her. Anyway, sorry, we don't <laughs> juggle her. Let's not call the SPCA on us or whatever. Humane Society?
1: Humane Society. I don't think Neither we have of the, those. We don't have the RSPCA here. For the cat
0: juggling that happens here. Because, oh, because there is no cat juggling that happens here. We haven't had cat juggling here in four years and seven days, but it feels yeah. more like no. Um, all right. I think that's all we have time for unless yeah, so you want to say anything our, else. Yeah, that's it. That's
1: our Yes, all right. Our 15th podcast. Our 15th podcast, which feels uh, like our 74th podcast. Well,
0: the first, the first podcast, podcast felt like 6 podcasts and then the second podcast felt, felt like
1: like 8 like 3 three podcasts.
0: 3 podcasts, okay. The 15th podcast feels like half a podcast because mm.
1: we
0: Yeah. Yeah, the conversation was so smooth. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back in 2 weeks. Do I need to choose something right now on the spot? I don't know. Um, okay, bear with me. On, I'm going to go in this direction. So okay. next next time on the show, and I'm telling you this so you can prepare, we're going to do um, two Mad Max films. We're okay. going to do The Road Warrior, okay. also known as Mad Max 2, um, Road Warrior in the United States, and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Um, because Ashley has seen Mad Max Fury Road and maybe five or ten minutes so of, of the first one. I want her to see where this stuff came from because I grew up with the, those those middle two films yeah. and um, the the series as a whole. Anyway, we'll talk about that next <laughs> time, but we'll be doing two movies. We'll talk about them on one show. Um, we have a lot of watching to get through until then. And uh, drop us a line again. Shut up, watch this at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right.
1: Bye. Bye. bye.